You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. You know what? I was watching. Sorry, I was watching a podcast where a guy was constantly uh, uh, snapping his fingers, and he had the most like burly, hyper masculine snap I'd ever heard. And it made me. Mm. It's the and I don't feel self conscious. Like I could be in a locker room with some really equipped fellas, and I wouldn't feel a way about it. But this this fucking snap made me so insecure because that's so fucking weak. All right, and everybody, everybody, welcome to Axe to Grind. Yeah, thank you. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> You've been going through that mentorship. I have uh, been, yes. The, the Hardcore Podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Bob. And I'm Tom from Mentorship. Wow, you guys are really on that hyper masculinity. You're on the, you, what do they say it is? The tret? You're on that tret now? Uh, plus testosterone the over here. Uh, th- they're just a leveled cu- up. They're cu- leveled up. They're, they're accusing RFK of being on Tret, and I, I'm so. Hey, every hold on, guys. Well, I gotta he say broke. This. The, I mean, unfortunately, his uh, brain blood barrier was broken by Wi-Fi. So, <laughs> listen, I, uh, I got. Let me just say this: we're gonna joke about Tret. Please don't write us about Tret. Okay, mm-hmm. we don't know shit about Tret. We don't want to know shit about Tret. But every time on a podcast, I've talked about steroids in a joking way. They, I, my DMs get fucking flooded with people trying to sell me steroids. Please, everybody. We're good. Am I speaking for you guys okay? We, we don't yeah, need good. it. I don't need any steroids. <laughs> I mean, I'll take some eugenics. If Frank Thomas wants to slide in my DMs, maybe Doug Flutie and tell me how to get eugenics for free. <laughs> okay. All right. That's the exception. <laughs> we can't uh, wait, I can't wait for us to have a, a eugenics uh, promo code. Uh, Axe oh, grind, grind for 20 for 20% off your first eugenics order. So spell that one out. <laughs> Um, okay, uh, let's do some sponsors because we got a lot to talk about today, huh? Yo, you know what's great is that we got sponsors that are our friends. Um, we shout out and love Run for Cover Records. Uh, yes, yes, yes. We shout out and love Convulse Records. Uh, uh, correct. We shout out and love To Live a Lie. There is no doubt. And we shout out and love Most Holy, Most High to Close Casket Activities. Mm, uh, uh, praise yeah uh go support them buy their stuff follow their things do the thing but we also have friends who aren't sponsors and sometimes we like to leave a little space for them uh this week we actually get to play a little music too so uh, it's a it's like a back-to-back double header over here uh two games at city field if you will so let's let's hit the hit the these games are losers Mm, mm. um I'm a suffering Met fan. Uh, I'm going to play a song. Uh, the title of the song is called Actin' Up. It's by a band, Pain of Truth. Have you heard these guys? Have you heard <laughs> this? You heard about this? You heard them? Uh, the Not Through Blood LP, CD, and cassette, as well as some merch, pre-orders go up today, June 20th, at noon Eastern time. So that's noon Eastern, 11 Central, 10 Mountain, 9 Pacific. Globally, let's think globally. There's other times as well. Set your your watches, set your alarms. If you're an early riser, catch it. Uh, This one's going to be big. You're going to want to order it. Get in there fast. Get in there hard. Order away. Pan of Truth, New York Hardcore, acting up. Mm. I'm on a mission from God.
Let's go to the second half of our double header. We got well, yeah. we got another act here. Yes, friends of ours, like you said, we like to make room for some of our friends when we can. Um, I, I want to debut a the single from um, a Brooklyn, New York hardcore band, Mafa. Mm. Um, the title of their album is called "Because We Are." It came out yesterday on June nineteenth, Juneteenth. Um, put out by my buddy Hill. An old friend of mine, if you've been to New York shows, you've seen Hill. Wonderful dude. His label is called Fuzz Therapy Records. Um, Moffat just put out their LP um, through with Hill. Um, the song is called Deficit, and here it is. Check it out.
Hell yeah. Yo, it is awesome when we get a chance to debut new music. Um, thank you to our friends. Thank you to all our sponsors for clearing a little space there. Thank you to Days. Thank you to Fuzz Therapy. Fuzz Therapy. Shout out. Check out Pain of Truth. Check out Mafa. Dudes, how you feeling? How you doing? How we all feeling today? I got hit by a van and a bus. Whoa. Whoa. No, I didn't. I feel like it. Uh, today I party. is... I party. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> today is a day off for me. Uh, we drove only five hours, and we are in Roswell, uh, New Mexico, and uh, chilling. I'm going to walk to the uh, the alien. The alien. No, apparently that's like 70 miles away. Uh, are you serious? Yeah, this place is a fraud. That's Roswell was. No, no, no. Roswell, check it out. Roswell is the most fraud thing in the world. Yeah, so Tom, apparently there's a town called, uh, Bob, help me out. It's not Corinth. It's like, uh, it's uh, something with a C. Something like that, and, yeah. and And that's the actual town that, that where the shit crashed. This yeah. is the town that just was like, yo, we can make a buck. Wow, <laughs> what a scam. I had no idea. So I'm gonna I'm gonna walk to the alien wiener schnitzel after we podcast and get Tom, the veggie dog. There is a fun back way to drive to Albuquerque that you go through Roswell. You drive through Roswell and you drive down the main street. It's not not a huge town, and it is the most disappointing. Like, what is going on here? I say this is a like I'm a legit New Mexico fan. Like Throw me in Las Cruces tomorrow. I'm I'm in. I'm in for it. Mm. Uh, Roswell is bogus. Uh, shout is out to like when you drive to when you finally get to like Wall Drug or south of the border in South Carolina, or whatever. And like you see signs for like a thousand miles, and you get there, mm-hmm. you're like this. This is it. Yeah, this yeah, is, yeah. If if you were disappointed by Wall Drug or south of the border, wait till you make it to Roswell. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Say no more. Yeah. Uh, well, I am doing well. I did not. Uh, play any shows, nor uh, play a hundred plus degree outdoor show this weekend. Um, but you guys, you guys were busy, busy bees this whole weekend. Bzzz. Why don't you? Uh, why don't we get a little mini scene report? Pa- Tom, start us off with the New York City area weekend report. Well, your boy played and went to three shows this weekend. Three days, three shows. Mm. Hell yeah! Supporting the scene. Mm. Yeah, no shit. Um, so Friday night, uh, Indecision uh, played Irving Plaza, which is a relatively um, probably legendary venue in New yeah. York City. Yeah, I'd, say. I'd say that's yeah, <laughs> not uh, a quaint little DIY spot. It's yeah. a, a big, big, big space. Yeah, but yeah, and like so many shows have happened there. Like you'll see flyers from like oh Minor Threat and SSD played here. Like mm-hmm. and then you know oh you two played here and, and Slayer played here. Like everyone's played there. And uh, we got to play there Friday night with biohazard and King nine. Mm. Um, it was fucking awesome. It was like unbelievable. I was super worried that we were going to get like the opening band for Slayer treatment. Yeah, it's po- it w- it's possible. And I was like, Oh, this is going to get rough. And I made a deal with Dan from King nine. I was like, yo, if anyone like yells and calls me fat, you have to fight them. And he, he was down. Um, <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I gotcha. I'm like, good. But you know what? They killed it. We did, you know, like I, I don't, I can't say that we killed it because that's not my style. But like, I heard you guys killed it. Like, kind of, yeah. And people yeah. were there for us. I was shocked because it was an expensive ticket, and it's like not, you know. Um, but it was awesome. Like, uh, Biohazard were super fun and like super cool. Like, really, they all watched us. Um, I have a we I, we load in and I'm standing there with like Rachel and a friend of ours and like Billy Biohazard comes over and he like introduces himself like super nice, really cordial, and he's like talking about his kid he's got a kid he's like 13 and he's like he asked me like how we came up with the name and he's like oh the true story is that like me evan bobby and our old drummer mio were sitting around a table smoking crack <laughs> and then we we're like what and he goes you know we had like a bunch of names written down and then like i i you know mio hands me the stem and i light up and i i take a like a hit and, he, and i go biohazard and he's like and that's how we <laughs> named the band i go, you could probably change that to a cheese pizza and like yeah, probably yeah. you know like the kid doesn't need to know like the crack part um but they were like super super nice they were like we should all do this again i'm like name the place and we'll be there um but That's it was cool, really cool. It, it was it was fun it was like it was you know barrier and stuff is tough but like um you know 
Christian, our friend Christian, and our friend Race, like two hardcore dudes, and our friend Oscar, like all dudes that like you know all hardcore folks that really can charge of stuff. So it was really fucking. It was cool, super nice. Everyone was really nice. Um, we had a blast. And then uh, Saturday, I went to go. I mean, we Pat and I, we can. We, me and Bob talked about this already before Pat joined, but I went to go see the Flash. Oh shit! Uh, yeah. Um, and then. I went to go to the incendiary record release show, our buddies. Um, it was Combust, Foreign Hands, Fleshwater, and Incendiary. Um, an obnoxious amount of people at the show um, because they redid the venue. So, Pat, the, the venue you played is now bigger in Brooklyn Monarch. Uh, bigger than it was the other day? Yes. They knocked down. Remember, you ha- there was that other backstage area across from the stage now, that yes, giant yes. open room? That's gone. So what is that? Uh, That's general probably, population now. That's part of it. You probably don't know off the top of your head. What's that make it? Like a fucking 13. Whoa. Like I ran into Audley, friend of the pod, and he was like, yo, this show sold out. I mean, he wasn't bragging. He was just like, this is ridiculous. It sold out three times. That's wild. Because it sold out at like that original cap when the stage was on the other end of the building. Yeah, which is like an Then when they moved that. They upped it again, and then they upped it again. So it's at thirteen hundred. So there are thirteen hundred fucking people for combust foreign hands in Sandiary Fleshwater. Yo, I got to see to our them. benefactor Dusty. Mm. Mm. Always a pleasure to see my buddy Dusty. The best. Um, it was great. It was incredible. Like it was an incredible show. Um, and then Sunday yesterday, I went back to Irving Plaza as a spectator. Um, and I watched uh, the entire show. It was so it was a matinee. It wasn't really a matinee because it started at like four thirty. But I'm we're, we're we're you know yeah we don't need split. matinee at Jace at Jace. Um, so it was incendiary device. They don't draw as much as incendiary. Um, mm. They used to be called antidote, but they don't play antidote songs. Um, Whoa, okay, Weird. Weird. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. whatever. Sub Zero. Mm. Still fun, great. I love that seven inch and that first LP, fucking great. Mm. Um, Fury of Five, it was pretty nuts. Um, uh, Sworn Enemy, um, and they had our uh, Lorenzo, who's like an old friend of mine, come out and play guitar. Who he hasn't been in the band in like eighteen years or something. So he came out. Wow. Um, Sheer Terror. Okay. Uh, wow. Paul Barrow is hilarious. He's on Ozempic. If anybody was wondering. That's not true, is it's it? Interesting. He said it on stage, and he like lost a little weight. He's like, I'm on Ozempic. He's like, because I'm pre-diabetic. So he's like, I'm fat, but I'm not that fat. Okay. God and, bless uh, him. Yeah. And he, um, so all the bands <laughs> all the bands had 20 minutes. Sheer Terror had 40, which is fair. They're OGs, man. Yeah. Biohazard wouldn't be there if it wasn't for Sheer Terror, you know? And uh, they're at like 35 minutes, and Paul uh, – or they're at like 30 minutes. Paul does like – a nice little 10 minute like stand up Don Rickles thing. <laughs> and then he goes, We got four more songs. And, and I and I go to I text Craig, I, they actually have they had four more songs, they had to stop. They ended them early because well, they ended them on time, but so they only got to play one more song. Um and then Biohazard played. They it um it was it was awesome. They, you know, if you like Biohazard, they played the first three records. Not mm. all of them, but like all the hits from the first three LPs. They seemed to be having a really good time. They were super fucking psyched, psyched to be back. It was a good time. You know what I mean? It's, it was, I know Biohazard is not for everybody, but if you do like them, like it's, it was actually like I enjoyed them because I grew up watching them, and that was part of like the the allure. You know, it's like to get in the player from Plaza, and like there were so many kids that I went to high school with that I haven't seen since that were at the show because it was like that was like a thing when we were in high school. Urban Discipline was like, what the fuck? Right. Uh, right so right. it's kind of awesome to be like, oh shit, we played with Biohazard and like these kids that haven't, that didn't know any of us went on to be in a band got to fucking open for Biohazard and like not look like a bunch of schmucks. It was kind of cool. Okay. So uh, uh, here's a question. Yes. Do you, do you believe that our, meaning th- the three of us, yes, our, our kind of hand wringing about Biohazard is is shared by the general population or not because i uh, twice on this tour i've had conversations about biohazard where it was a, an assumed in the conversation that hardcore kids liked biohazard and that is as as i guess what is counting as an older fellow now um that that was not always my experience right and no no i mean i think yeah they definitely because the kids, the people right before us hated them. Right. 
our general age range, I'm older than you guys, obviously, but like, you know, in New York, especially and in Albany for sure, loved them. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of fell out of favor. And they mm-hmm. like, you know, then they went to like, you know, they played like arenas and shit, like, well, like Black Sabbath and, you know, like cool shit, but like they weren't playing remotely core shows. Like, I mean, not even close. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. not to say that any, you know, you know, they used to play with fucking like Leeway and Sick of It All. And then they went on to be, you know, like they're on tour with like Corn, which is, I mean, they, you know, they were selling millions of records. Like, they were doing shit. Um, but yeah, I think for a long time in our age range, like they, you know, they were not always, um, they were never considered like, you know, canon. part of the. Yeah, no. Of the- <clears throat> so I think it's an interesting, it's a great question. And I co sign everything Tom said. I believe that people my age, which I'm only a handful of years younger than you, Tom, you know, yeah. but enough, enough in hardcore years, you know, that by the time I was getting into stuff, 96, really going to shows, 97, uh, they were considered like, you know, the expiration date had gone. However, geographically, based on where you were, maybe you got in a couple years earlier and you were young, like, in 96, I was turning 15, so I was 14. You know, um, If you had gotten in stuff at 12, Biohazard was on your list, like 94. You know what I mean? If you're a 12-year-old getting into Biohazard in 94, if you're older, maybe you already were into Biohazard and maybe they're starting to get over. But, you know, there was Cold World opened the door for Biohazard and Hardcore to me in the post-2000 generation. Um, and then you started to see that with bands like Bitter End, bands like the Mongoloids, et cetera, et cetera, who yeah. all were like, yeah, Biohazard, cool. Like, if you go down to the age range that's just a few years younger, Bitter End, Mongoloids, et cetera, excuse me, the, the idea is that <clears throat> Biohazard wasn't hardcore per se but it was adjacent and it came from hardcore which is all true you know what i mean like it's it's all true and then i think it slowly kind of became part of the canon i i think it still is kind of asterisk you know like marauder has come into the hardcore canon and i don't think anyone can deny it even if you don't care for marauder like marauder is part of the hardcore canon full stop no doubt no doubt Biohazard, I think, is right there. And there's a lot of people who go, yeah, yo, Urban Discipline, that's part of my hardcore canon. And then results may vary. You know, interest is subjective on the couple albums after. But there's a lot of people who are here for the the Biohazard experience. Um, But there was a time. And I, I wonder, I bet if you were under the age of 30, the idea of Biohazard not being part of the canon is almost weirder than them being part of the canon. That that's what I'm discovering. Speaking to people on this tour, uh, can I take us backwards for one second? Uh, so Dookie is on this tour with us. People that don't know, uh, Dookie California is, California Dookie, yes, is a, a young California phot- Dookie, yes, that's right, talented photographer from uh, the Coachella Valley. Uh, but or pardon me, Tom mentioned uh, when you first enter South Carolina, south of the border, how mm. you pass all those signs and you think, what it what what this has got to be something big, et cetera, et cetera. Dookie's first experience with South of the Border was on this tour. So I'm going to put him on mic for a second so he can describe. <laughs> <laughs> what what that was like wow. as as we passed. I should also point out this is a Mexican American gentleman, so, so there. I didn't know if there'd be some baggage because south of the border deals exclusively it's overtly racist. It's, well, listen, you could call it. I'll I'll let Dookie decide if it's racist or not. I, I'll I'll say this. It deals very exclusively in broad stereotypes. So hold on. Plays very free with sombreros. Yes, it does. But uh, let's get the voice of uh, someone who just experienced South of the Border for the first time. One second, please. Would you mind giving your experience? Please give me green room. Patrick's so fascinated by this. Yo, what's up, everybody? Hey, buddy. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Thank you. Um, All right. So tell us about your experience at South of the Border. 
I mean, we just drove through it off the freeway. So mm-hmm. I thought the ads were pretty clever. Um, to answer the question, is it racist or not? I mean, part I'm conflicted, you know, half of me says yes. The other half says, you know, do you really think Speedy Gonzalez is, uh, is racist? So if depending on where you fall in either of those camps, I guess that would be your answer. Uh, personally, was I offended by it? No, I, I mean, I think that's, it's, um, I think that's the closest South Carolina is going to get to a little bit of, uh, authenticity when it comes to uh mexican culture <laughs> to say the least um so personally i don't i mean i wasn't offended by it but i can easily see how somebody would and uh is it does it you know is it stereotypical mexican yeah of course um but I, yeah it just depends where you fall i guess on that's on was that. it a bit of a bummer to get there like after seeing those signs for like a thousand miles and you get you like this is it yeah, it was a little uh it was a little anticlimactic because you right? get there it's it's just it's closed basically. You know, there's potential there for something awesome, but uh it's just I guess nobody in South Carolina fucks with Mexican culture like that, I guess. <laughs> okay, so real quick before before you go and put Patrick back on. How's the tour been so far? Any highlights, any uh any good stories you want to share? Uh I mean every night is uh is pretty incredible. Um, last night we were, I was dying of laughter in the van because of, um, this hypothetical scenario that Kinlan was placing himself in. And it just, I don't know. It made me laugh tremendously, but, uh, highlights. I mean, every night that racist was the Kinlan. No, 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 it wasn't racist. (laughs) No, it wasn't racist. It was, um, it it was, it had to do with music and where he lies in music. I'll leave it at mm, that. And if mm. he wants to explain or elaborate, I'll let him do that. But um, uh, I just, real quick, I Dookie, have you ever heard um, Patrick's old band, Self Defense Family? They've been broken up for a few years. Have you ever heard of them? Yeah, I've heard of them. Have you I've heard, heard of, them I, though? Probably not, right? I've I've listened to I've listened to a few tracks. Um, I've listened to that one song where it comes in. And it's like you need to if you're going to listen to this album. I think uh, that's Self Defense, right? That's end of year. That's like end of year. Okay, for- then. Yeah, then uh, admittedly, I've never like fully listened to it, but I know it sounds just like Drug Church minus the hard riffs. Whoa! Yeah, that's exactly right. Good, good description. Yo, thank you for jumping on with us. Give us uh, Captain Kangaroo, and we hope yeah, to yeah, hear here, from here you he again is. very soon. Captain. Yeah, likewise. All right, boys. Thanks, Thank you. Hello. Hello. So he said you did put on a racist voice to tell a story last night in the van. It was hilarious. Is that correct? <laughs> you know me it's not stop racism in here uh no what he was referring to i heard him what he was referring to was uh drug church is not up for a big tour but there's just there's like just this little chatter that we're like oh are we going to be considered for that fucking tour and i was thinking you know guys i said this out loud i said you know guys i don't know it's like stadiums it's like i'd have to take vocal lessons and shit and dookie starts like dying He's dying. He's like, <laughs> and I was like, what? You know, what's what's the problem? He laughed for like five minutes, and he's like, yo, <laughs> we're in like a we're in a shitty van outside of a fucking like a like a red roof inn where everybody in your band just said they want to kick you out because you just fart and you're disgusting and you're worried about fucking stadiums. <laughs> and I was like, yo, that's a good point. Like it is like some bizarre fantasy bullshit. And we should talk about this. I know we got the stuff to talk about today, but we should talk about how many bands in our subculture have gotten way ahead of themselves on okay. shit. In front of the skis. Yeah. And how it's great to have big dreams uh, big ambitions is even better, but there's a lot of people. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say anybody. Uh, uh, well, I was watching some post hardcore. You know, I was watching Orange Nine Millimeter sets and Quicksand sets from from a long time ago, and I was I was watching you know just 1995 sort of sets, and I was looking at these bands just kill it, be awesome, and I was thinking, I wonder, I wonder how many bands of that era whether it, you know, it could be anybody into another, it could be whatever. It doesn't matter who had a more accessible sound than what they came from in hardcore. I wonder how many of those bands were living. They were huffing straight fucking, uh, uh, grandiose dreams 
You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, oh, the you know, the Beastie Boys opened for, you know what I mean? That sort of shit. I just, and it got me thinking about, you know, I wonder if mm, I ever fall. The moment right I now. If, I wonder if I ever, well, we could expand on that for sure, but I was thinking, I wonder if I ever fall into that. Cause I, I don't think I ever like got crazy ideas in my head, but maybe, maybe we all do. I mean, if you're, if you're thinking about this singing lessons for the stadiums, we have <laughs> conversations that we might need to do like, listen, it's not, my, it's not my, it's not my tour to fucking stadium. It's just that there, there's like, I was thinking about being like the opener for a stadium act and how much goes into that. And like turnstile right now, they got nothing to worry about. Brendan can actually sing now. You know what I mean? But oh, yeah. if you're, play, oh, yeah. right. if but you're chain smokers, fans that you're trying to play in front of, are not going <laughs> to fuck with you. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? It's just, it's one of those fucking things where if I'm, it, there's different expectations and I got to hit a note. You got to hit a note. You got to hit a note. And my expectations right now, it, which is that I come within 30 yards of a note and people kind of get the idea. You're good. Yo, that's great. Uh, it's a, it, I have the best fucking time on stage. Anybody that's seen me in the last couple of years knows that I'm just like having a ball, but that shit where you got to do it right. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think you give yourself enough credit. If I may be so bold, I think you're actually closer than, than you give yourself the credit as someone you know who what? sits in the audience and watches you like, I mean, are you are you Pavarotti? No, but like, no. <laughs> you get pretty close. Okay, all right. Like you you carry the melody. I've seen I, some bands that are even bigger than than you guys somehow that can't even like. It sounds like a dying cat. Patrick, yeah, what's what the rule? It? What is the rule from recording to live? What's the percentage you have to be? Uh, I mean, you honestly, remember? if you're six, if you're sixty percent, I'd I'd say you're killing it. If that's sixty percent. You're okay. If you think you can be seventy percent on your best day, you're fine. That's the that's yeah. the rule. Seventy percent of the studio, you're fine. You do that, you're beating most live rock bands. Period. Full stop. Can you get auto tune live? Yeah, right. Uh, guys oh, God, do. Be so guys good. run shit. Yeah, guys run shit through uh, like little boards now. I mean, you know. When the chain smokers or you know or Zed or whoever calls you, the guys three or three, yeah. When th- when three or three hits me, I'll uh, they'll bear the song. Well, this is why you know Pat's in his forties because he thought three or three still play stadiums. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like those dudes are not doing an amphitheater without seventeen other bands with like funny names. You know what? Fair. I, I listen when people ask me like, uh, do you not like any pop music? And I go, no, I like that found myself a cheerleader and they're like, yo, that was a minor hit from a decade ago. <laughs> I go, Oh shit. All right. Listen, <laughs> I, I used to make fun of Will Killingsworth for people who don't know the name. You should, uh, he, he mixes and uh, he records mixes Dead or masters studios. Yes. A lot of the material that you listen to, I guarantee it, but he's also a very accomplished musician in his own right. Uh, so self-defense has been recording with him really since we were both very young men and uh, I I love Will Killingsworth and I have always been irritated that he doesn't know what's going on in the world at all. If you talk to him about anything present, if it's not subculture, he's not really interested. Like if you were like, yeah, I want this. If you jokingly talk about Kesha, he'll be like, I I couldn't tell you what that is. And I'll be like, like, Will, I'll be like, Will, come the fuck on. You live on planet earth. He's slow to hear late to folk to notice. You know what I mean? Well, here's the thing. I used to think, God damn, Will, you're lying. You're like, now I get it. You know what I mean? I'm right there. I, I know more about Russian hardcore releases right now than I do about pop music. <laughs> so I'm, I'm right there. Mm. So you played a show in 115 degree weather like <laughs> yesterday. I did. Yeah. My brain's still fried. Yeah. I, so uh, this was Stubbs? This was at a uh, Mohawk outdoor, right? Mohawk. Yep. Oh. And very, very, very hot. Probably not the, probably not the most uncomfortable uh, set of the tour. Uh, that might go to South Carolina or possibly Tampa, but uh, it was it was not easy. Uh, long recovery time on your post post show. Can I move? Sort of shit. Oh, uh, um, why would was, they do that outside? 
You know what? I don't know. The, it was part of a festival, uh, okay. Obliv- Oblivion Access. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was a really good time, I should point out. People put in – I got – look. Firstly, let me say, South Carolina, Tampa, uh, Houston was a hot one. But this last one, uh, oh, it's it, a hot one. It, th- these <laughs> these were really hot shows where people sun. people put in work to compensate for what was both uh, all the bands really suffering <laughs> up there. So shout out to anybody that came out to those shows and and made up what I call the other forty percent of what I'm not capable of in any. T- you know what I mean? So thank you. But it was a uh, it was really. Uh, a fun time overall. Uh, shows have been fun. I don't know if the rest of these shits is sold out or not, but if you can get into these to get in, it's uh, genuinely impressive. I mean, I know I keep sucking on the, the drain, but look, the tour is almost over. I got no reason. Uh, I don't think we're getting kicked off. I, if if they were just good. You want to be say. on the next one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a good point. But honestly, if they were just good, I would say it. But uh they're great. They're truly like, uh, they've just got it dialed into a thing that is just perfect for this exact moment. And uh, people are responding in kind. It's just awesome. I mean, you guys are coming in hot for the end. It's June 22nd, Santa Ana at the observatory, June 23rd, Los Angeles at the Belasco. Yep. Mm. And then June 24th at the catalyst in Santa Cruz, which is already sold out. Oh, and then man. they put out something today. I don't know if you saw this, PK. Mm-hmm. It says, "Leave your cameras at home. Come out, have fun, be present." Okay, you want to talk about it? You want to get yeah, a scandal? It. <clears throat> All right. So, uh, Drain uh, is not about the bullshit, right? And that is yeah. to say, that is to say that they are even this young into their music careers. They're they see the they see the pitfalls, right? They see where you can go wrong, getting caught up in some bullshit, uh, being the guy that maybe I've been in the past. Right. Like, and, uh, they're just, they don't got the time for it. They just want to play some fucking good hardcore music. Right. So they're not, they, you know, Sammy asked me, he said, Hey, do you think this is a little too extra? You know what I mean? Like, do you think this is like, people are going to read this the wrong way or take it in the wrong spirit? You know, there's like, the the shit at uh, tied down and like it, you know are people going to see this and think that we're taking a shot at anyone specifically or any type or just shitting on photographers in general and I I told him listen it's your goddamn show it doesn't it, I mean maybe somebody could feel that way I don't believe they will or they do now that it's out but let me ask you something it's their show. Go on. I mean, it is their show. Let me ask you the question, though. And not to put any, like, I don't want to, like, cause any trouble. Will it be enforced? Uh, no, they're not cops. <laughs> they're, like, so it's not going to be like no, you know, no flash photography at the front door kind of thing. No, day. no, no. It's not. They're it's just not asking, like, gotta, like, come on, play along. It, it, it's literally like, like, hey, l- l- let's make it an event where it's, where it doesn't have to, like, we're all, these are going to be big shows in a band's home state at in exactly their moment that they're cresting into something pretty remarkable. This is not what they said. This is what I'm saying. And let's all sear it into our memories. You know what I mean? Like, and honestly, I think it's kind of like a really G move to say we, we, the coolest event that you're going to witness this year we're not worried about having the. We're not worried about having it documented. Right. I th- we don't care I, about prosperi- like posterity. We just want. I, to, yeah. I think that's fucking. That's the part of it that appealed to me. W- was normally any other band would say, "Yo, I want. I'm flying motherfuckers in to take photos because this is going to be the most insane thing anybody's ever seen." Right. Nine and, camera shoot. Yep. And they said, "You know what? Uh, uh, right now they're not disrespectful. They're not like." You know, like remember when uh, w- when Ian was uh, in his anti photographer zone and he was playful right. with it, but he was he was, you know, he meant he, it. He, yeah, <laughs> he's playfully meant it. Uh, these guys are more on just some like, hey, wouldn't it be lit if if we all fucking moshed? You know, a- and uh, I mean, look, I'm getting to the point. 
I can't say this with absolute with absolute fucking enforcement because uh, you know we might have somebody with a disability or some shit on stage, right? But I, but I want to get to the point where if you're on stage, it's because you're diving. So if if you're in that line of fucking dudes behind me, like waiting side stage, I'm I'm waiting for you to jump. You know what I mean? That that type of shit. And I'm also getting to the point again. If you got a fucking if you if you got a disability or some shit, this shit may not apply to you. But I'm also getting to the point where if somebody asks me for guest lists, I'm gonna say. Yeah, you're the first person to jump. You know what I mean? That's it. <laughs> like you, you're only getting guests. You, you won't be. You wouldn't be the but, first dude or first band to require like mosh dive activity for that spot. Got to do that, it. That, that was a known requirement. Right, yeah, come on. You're gonna ruin a lot of people's lives if you make if you enforce that with me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, uh, uh, Tom? I'm gonna say this. Uh, you wouldn't be the biggest fellow to jump on this tour. Uh, it, right. this, this, this tour has had, uh, some, and, and here's my new perspective. I said this at the last show. It's my new viewpoint on, uh, stage dives. If somebody's, you got no excuse not to catch somebody. Cause if somebody's big, that gives a lot of surface area to work with. And if somebody's small, they don't weigh shit. So you can't, it's not like it's a, a, like a real struggle. So you, there's no excuse you got it. But it, it, here's a controversial take. I also think if you fall to the ground, that's somewhat on you too. You know what I mean? Because uh, you got to get in the habit of grabbing motherfuckers shoulders. This is not, you know, th- there's a way to do this. This isn't uh, rocket science. So, uh, <clears throat> I don't know. I stage diving. I didn't expect this episode to go that way. Well, uh, listen, tell me I'm wrong. You, you, you've yeah, done right. quite a few stage dives in your life. You know, you, you know that there's a place that you got to grab to ensure that your head is not going down. That's all. 100%. And, and, and I feel like sometimes this is, uh, this is lost. <laughs> so anyway, you got to think light, you got to think thin. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's I feel like you, there's a way you can like make yourself feel like less. Lighting with feathers, stiff as a board. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like you can be a fucking brick if you want to, or you can like, you know, be a little lighter. That's true. Um, And I'm not shaming anybody, but like, I feel like I've seen people that are like, you know, brick shit houses that weigh 180 pounds. I'm like, you can ruin someone's day. Or if you do it, you know, like, yes, if you choose to be mindful of it, you can absolutely do it and not hurt anybody. That's That's a fact. I'm not a small person. And last time I stage drove, I didn't hurt anybody. Uh, it's easily a 240 right right then so um so really quick <clears throat> let's talk on this current bands over their skis do we are Drug we job. shaming <laughs> are we shaming ambition no are we shaming bands who have just gotten exponentially bigger through hard work and what they've been doing for the past couple of years. Absolutely. So what are we talking about here? Let's clarify. Uh, so there is, uh, there's scope creep, right? I think that's what it's called in, in tech scope creep, which is where you had a mandate and suddenly that mandate, expands and encompasses shit that it didn't originally. Right. And that can happen with bands where you get it in your head. Wouldn't it be awesome to play uh, our friend's record release? It would be great to open that. Wouldn't that be great? And then you do that. And it's, wouldn't it be great to play out of town? Okay. Yeah, that was great. Wouldn't it be great to do a tour? Yep. Wouldn't it be great to open a tour for somebody that you really respect? Holy shit, we did it. Wouldn't it be great to headline our own tour? Whoa! And so that's all natural. And then there is that space that you enter where you're contending with the ceiling of your genre. And the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
some grace and self-awareness is always appreciated. Now, that does not mean that you got to accept the ceilings of your genre. It just means that if you act unaware of them or think that the laws of nature don't apply to you. Pat, take your meds. You, you look, you look goofy, right? So I think to me, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, I think that's a a fair thing to say. I think there are a lot of bands who are uh, leveling up. We're seeing them gain traction, um, who are not doing the goofy things. The goofy things suck kind of, honestly, it makes it tough to look at. Um, because, uh, man, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I want to celebrate hardcore bands or adjacent bands doing well. I want to, I want to support those things. Even when I come from this, like dyed in the wool, like hardcore for the hardcore, you know, keep this music in the streets kind of energy. It's 2023. I'm not mad. I'm not mad at bands who are able to tour full time. I'm, I'm especially not mad at people creating things in this world who are supporting themselves off that thing. That's awesome. Like I, I, I believe in that more than most things in this world. I think that's amazing. That said, <clears throat> because of the growth and kind of like accessibility and da da da, time and distance from certain tropes and honestly time and distance from diy ethics of hardcore of your certain things are getting thrown in the blender that feel a little goofy so uh so yeah i don't know it's tough because i i i'm not trying to single anyone out I, i don't even have specific things in mind but there's certain things that get sent to me i'm like ah like in the uh, in the modern parlance, it gives the ick, and I don't want to feel the ick when I see these bands, especially some that I think are are at least uh, halfway decent doing the thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, to me it's tough because one man's ick is another. Like, remember that kid that was that wrote us that was mad that th- said I never played a basement show or whatever the fuck that kid was on about. <laughs> like, sure, <laughs> like yo, that kid thinks it's mad icky that that I. Uh, I don't know, whatever. I played, I, I played a stage. I played a place with lights the other day. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, right. like, yo, mad icky that it's got a PA. That's and true. No, no, no. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. No, that's, that's the other side. I, I don't want to feel that on certain things. Right. And, and, and look, we all got to be honest. We're all somebody's version of cringe and it's, we got to live with that. It's fine. Other people's no opinions don't. don't matter. And, and straight up, like, you know, a, a mutual friend of ours books kind of like what I would consider corny ass bands. Right. And through him, I've met some of these corny ass bands, not nice kids usually, but they don't even, there's no stop gaps on their behavior. You know what I mean? They're like, they're like, yeah, I'll, you know, I uh, sign stuff. I'll sign a baby. I'll sign a titty. You know what I mean? Like, the, like the, it's like, there's n- kind of no, um, uh, like, you know, like, look, no punk rock guilt. Yes, right. And some of that is self hate. Some self, some punk punk rock guilt is just straight up self sabotage and self hate. And some of it is it's correct. It's self correction. Yes, exactly. And right, exactly. And, right. and honestly, person to person, there's going to be a sliding scale on either side. Like, look, we could. I told my bandmates, there's no disrespect to Turnstile. There's no disrespect to uh, I think Military Gun. And I don't know if anybody else from our scene, but probably my bandmates are going to straight up break up when I don't take a Taco Bell offer. You know what I mean? Like they're going to be like, oh yeah, we're done. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that there was fucking money there. You know what I mean? But to me, the second I see somebody using cheese to my music, the, the, yo, but you better convince me that, hey, Patrick, uh, we want to do this. How can we do it? I guess we're going to give the money to charity or something like, but straight up, like uh, there's just different things for everybody. You, you know, vegan crunch wrap. That's yours. That should be you. I mean, listen, like, uh, vegan cheese. Uh, does it work? <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but, it, but here's my thing. 
it's different for everybody. Uh, Drug Church recorded, uh, and you know, again, I say this without any kind of fucking. I hope everybody understands where I'm coming from on this shit. I don't get into the is Drug Church a hardcore band or not conversations. Uh, to the to the people in this uh, fucking podcast, the answer is probably a no, and I'm very at peace with that. And to the people that tell me, hey, you're the only hardcore band I'm into right now. I don't correct them. I go, yeah, that's cool, man. Because frankly, it could very well fucking get you into something else, right? So here's the point: is we took a uh, we recorded a uh, uh, that that Boston's cover, which already could be a bridge too far for someone, right? Although I would argue that probably PBR or something. Yeah, 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 exactly. Mm. And and it's like, yo, I wonder how many kids had their first beer because of that song you sang, Patrick. (laughs) I mean, break uh, like thir- I think thirteen-year-olds just like in a soft, like a fragile space, and they heard that cover, like "Past Blue Ribbon." That sounds good. All right. Well, listen that that's that's one there's that a, I there's have- a woods in Bethlehem. Let's get your name on it. It's filled with PBR cans. L- the impression listen. I get. <laughs> listen. Good night, everyone. Here's the thing. There's some matter to like. Can I rationalize that by saying straight? It's a very personal decision for me. Whereas veganism feels like it should be an axiomatic, fucking just like given on the part of any thinking person. Of course, I can rationalize all that bullshit. But it, here's the fact: is like one was more comfortable for me than the other, and that's just what it is. And some people, not everybody, I didn't get a Taco Bell offer. By the way, this is a fucking pie in the sky bullshit. It's hypothetical. But the, the point is, I'm I'm everybody has their thing. And I, and I try to respect everybody's thing and I try to respect people whose things go well beyond my thing. And I also try very hard to respect the people who think I've already transgressed against their thing. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're mad at me for doing what I've done, that's, that's fine, brother. I'm, I, you know, I don't agree with everything that everybody else has done either. It's, it's fine. So, uh, but everybody's got a thing is, can we agree on that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, well, yes, but here's my question: Is are there any universal things in hardcore that it's like here's the bridge too far in 2023? Um, because I feel as though you rewind the clock ten years, twenty years, whatever you want to do, and there might have been. There might have been some like, man, <clears throat> I don't know. Even even the <laughs> stickiest fingered band might not take that Marlboro ad. You know, even the, right. the, the most, you know, uh, carcinogenic five out of five members smoke reds band might not take that Marlboro money. I got two. Okay, let's hear it. I'm wondering, would, would any hardcore band ever let it be like the few, the proud, the Marines? Uh, so, uh, Tom, I was just gonna say, or a pro or an anti-abortion ad. Mm. Uh, yeah, anti-abortion is gonna be tough. I, th- I, like even I a Christian was, band. Like, I don't know if like maybe like for today or some bullshit would. Earth Crisis like, just slowly slinks back into the bush on that one. Oh, yeah. that three. <laughs> yeah. Listen, it, it, you you nailed it. I was gonna say, um anything that skews the perception, anything of which the perception is right leaning is verboten in hardcore. Now let's, let's, let's talk about something real briefly that we could expand on some other time. Um, there's a very, there's a not vast, but there's a great many people in hardcore who have, uh, personal views that I, I, would consider uh, culturally conservative, at least compared to me, right? And, Absolutely. And uh, it's a quiet as it's kept kind of thing. Uh, or if somebody is loud and proud about that shit, it is uh, they don't build it into their band at all. And people have people are welcome. And when to they do, and when they do, it doesn't go that well. But but the, people allow a certain level of cognitive dissonance right on these things and which i personally think is healthy because you can acknowledge that Absolutely. hey I, lo- I love i love this person's contribution to the art that i love uh however i never want to i never want to be at thanksgiving with this person 
Right. That's right. And I, 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 it's it's necessary in a lot of art forms, especially hardcore, for sure. And and this is all to say that I I think that Tom is right. There are certain ideas that are um, unabashedly either conservative or right leaning that are just not going to uh, pass muster in hardcore. Now, there's things that are edge cases like gun ownership, and I think that I think that that's an interesting one because gun ownership is uh, currently the considered the province of the right, but, but it's shifting so much. It's yes. so fascinating over the past, I guess, five years, how I far mean, it shifted. I mean, we've talked, we've talked before the pandemic, uh, the majority of first time gun owners, uh, did not, do not consider themselves remotely conservative. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot going on and, uh, but this is all to say that uh, I think Tom's right. I think that that's the last th- – that's the hard uh, blood-brain barrier for, uh, <laughs> for, for hardcore on what's cool or not. Because, look, uh, Drain uh, uh, is getting some assistance from, from Monster Energy on this. Right. Uh, this tour, right? And <laughs> Very publicly so. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> uh, and they are not – you know, look, like – uh, uh, brands like that have made headway with things that we would consider hardcore adjacent, right? So like metalcore, for example, but, uh, hardcore, I don't know, but I, I nothing off the top of my head. Right. And, and, uh, I haven't heard, I haven't heard boo about it. You know, well, I, mean, people, I think because people drink monster. That's true. I think it's, it's almost like, Inherent in monster, th- there's like a an unspoken like joke about mo- like monster is like yes. funny. Yes, it and is. it's not like they're not doing these like behind the scenes like Sammy being like I can't face a day without my monster. <laughs> no, you know no, I mean? no. It's, like, it's like you know they're posting videos of their friends like wearing every piece of monster merchandise that they have in the van. Yes. So it's like it's pr- still promoting monster, but like monster is still getting what they're looking for, but it's not like. Here's a sit down with Sammy, like at him being like, I like the purple stuff, but I also like the red. Like, it's not like, you know, they're not taking it too seriously. And it's the same thing with like, even like the PBR stuff. I always thought it was weird, like bands with straight edge people, like promoting beer. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's crossed my mind. I mean, that happened. I mean, they, they Earth Crisis probably played the, what'd you say? It crossed my mind when we took the PBR fucking uh, uh, budget to record right. a song. I mean, Earth Crisis probably played like the fucking Budweiser stage on Ozfest. Like, you know, who we say, like, yeah, you know what I sure. mean, or whatever. But it's just yeah, like, it always that, hold on, of, Tom. At that point, Jägermeister was probably the fucking sponsor. Right, which had which has deer blood and liquor. <laughs> Is that <laughs> true? Jesus. Jägermeister has deer blood in it. That can't be. Jägermeister's fall tour is looking pretty rough, huh? Drug church. Hmm. <laughs> Listen, I'm not even going to look that up because I like the idea that that's so insane that I, I don't even. I'm just going to let that ride. Look, I'm fully God vegan, damn. but I just thought it was too funny to pass it up. Uh, um, <laughs> Pat, hold your ears for a second. Mm. Sure. I would like to take back that Jägermeister does not contain deer or elk blood. It's a rumor <laughs> that was circulated on the internet. Okay. All right. Well, like, I'm glad we like I'm glad it. we caught that. Well, because it's got this the 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 label has a fucking deer on it, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, it's got deer blood in it." I remember that as a kid. I'm being like, "That's fucking gross." <laughs> Ian was right the whole time. Uh, anyway, th- w- listen. Uh, everybody's got their limit. If Monster is the limit for somebody, that's cool. You know what I mean? I hate hate all the bands on this fucking tour. I won't lose a fucking ounce of sleep about it. But have you worn a sweatband? Uh, no, but that's mostly because I can't imagine wearing a sweatband. Have you worn any of the merch? Have you like you dried off with a monster towel? Have you had a drink of it or? Oh, this is uh, fascinating. If you partake, oh yeah, 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 no, 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 I've, 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 I've seen in like full fucking monster regalia. Listen, the, the magnitude fellas have a good sense of humor about it. They were, they were wearing like three sweatbands. Like full yeah. regalia is amazing. <laughs> yes, um, I uh, I use the towel. I use the hand towel to wipe my face. Like on stage, like you're like a comedian. <laughs> I mean, listen, as you get older, the idea that you're just going to let your 
your like your sweat hair. rolled on your face. Yeah, it's disgusting. I, I I really, I mean, where do you want to go with venues? We had a venue beef the other day. It, it, oh, uh, I saw this. Go ahead, give us. All right, so we've pivoted. Uh, there's no no cringe things about bands, but don't do cringe things bands. Um, uh, venues. What, what's the venue beef? Um, everybody, in the sound of my voice, Dude, it's uh, m- m- merch cuts. Merch cuts are are thievery. We've been through this. I don't I don't get very emotional on the topic. It's just the way of the world. I I I don't lose my temper about it, etc. However, as we've discussed on this podcast, the game is that you ask me for money you don't deserve, and I give you a fraction of that money, or Correct. or. I dodge you entirely. And if you don't catch me on my way out the door, I win. Get the Pink Panther wins again. And, and, and it just is what it is. We had a venue chase us for money. Multiple like down the street? E- no, multiple emails, the the whole shit going through the booking agents, all that shit. And after ignoring, eventually one of my bandmates sent them $50 and said, really glad you managed to stay in business without this. And, <laughs> and, and now that's petty, right? That's some reality program pettiness, but <clears throat> it's how we all feel in our hearts. And when we showed up, there was at that venue, which is a nice venue, by the way, there was a misunderstanding. You could say about what the expectations were for us. We felt like we were being disrespected. Um, that might've been a misunderstanding too. In the end, it was all good. Uh, but there was that moment where, Hey, I think I have to go talk to these guys. Does anybody want to come with me? And three out of five go, if I go, we're definitely not playing, you know? (laughs) So, so so if I have, if I, if somebody looks me in the eye and says, yeah, it was wrong that you, it was wrong that you dipped out on a merch cut. I'm going to say, I want to see, I'm going to audit your fucking bar receipts and we're going to talk about what's wrong. You know what I mean? We're, and then uh, I'm going to refuse to play your venue ever again in my life, which I won't lose an ounce of sleep about. And I'm also going to make it a point to tell everybody what fucking miserable cocksuckers you are. Now that none of that happened. It didn't need to happen. It was all, <laughs> it, it, it was all resolved. It was all good. Uh, and seemingly if, if there's no bad blood, there's no bad blood on our end either, but don't ever, don't ever in your life as a venue, when I know venue owners and they will say in a private moment that they know it is a fucking scam. They know it, but it's part of the game at this point, And they're happy for the few hundred extra bucks that they get. And they know it's a fucking hustle and they're just waiting for the revolt to go the other way. And they're going to ride it out and take their few hundred a night, knowing that bands are lying to them. It's fine. It's part of the fucking game, but don't ever get indignant about it because you're, you're stealing. (laughs) You can't be a thief. You can't be an indignant thief. It don't work. Like, couldn't it be, couldn't it be a more fun game? Like you got to break out. Like, like, oh, hey, I mean, listen. I'm going to do a shell game here and I'm going to put three numbers. Either you guys have to count all your merch or here's the three numbers. You get to pick which one you're going to pay. Like, how fucking great would that be? I mean, or like even if you got the cash box, like, oh, you don't know who has it. And like, someone's gonna just got to get out the door with it. And once you hit, <laughs> fre- once you smell fresh air, you're breathing in fresh air. Yeah. They lose. Yeah. That's I mean, way. listen, current. Yeah. Currently, we're playing solid with like uh, Metal Gear Solid. Over here. Mm. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Snake. Get that snake out. (laughs) Fucking. So, but here's the thing, everybody. We pay our fucking portion of the merch cut. Might be a lie. Just FYI. But they're all lying to you. So don't fucking come after me. And you're going to get it. If you're on our dicks about it, you're going to get it. But don't ever act like you deserve it. You know, (laughs) don't ever act like you earned that money. You didn't. Because here's the current way that you view it. You see me as a vendor that you're allowing to sell my wares in your establishment. Therefore, you get to tax me something for that. You get to f- hit me with right. a fee. Now, here's the counter argument that 
to turn the lights on in a thousand cap fucking room means that I have to fill it. <laughs> and, and if I don't fill it, you don't fucking sell anything. And you're only in business. And, and listen, I'm not Mr. Fucking workers of the world communist ass guy, but uh, fucking I am the means of production. Yeah. Your shit don't fucking run without me. So just, you're going to fucking be your little thieving asses. Just do it with some fucking respect. That's all I ask. June 2023, be respectful, thieving asses. That's all we ask. That's all I ask. I'm not going to war. If it's too much, I just won't sell shit. That's fine. It is what it is. But Can we do like a fade out as you continue to rant? That'd be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I don't normally get I'm mad, mad about hell, this. And I'm not going to take it anymore. I, I'm usually the guy that's completely indifferent. I don't even know what our merch looks like. I just, I like, it just got me mad that anybody would get indignant when they got their hand in my pocket. Well, 